Today's episode of Best on the Board is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think football tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. and welcome to Best on the Board. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us by us, myself, Chris Meany, at Chris Meany's, where you can give me a follow. And I'm joined by always my wonderful co-host, Michael Beller. You can give him a follow at M. Beller. Things get a little bit tricky now, Beller, with the picks. I mean, we're going to give our Super 7, but that's like half the games, right? <laughs> We've got four teams on by. we got an early London game to talk about. We have some games to dissect as well. How's it going, my friend? It's going good, man. I'm uh, I'm feeling good heading into the what the, the the middle third of the NFL season. Feel like we're starting to get a a relatively good handle on a lot of these teams. It's crazy. I feel like even more so. And I try not to make these sort of sweeping statements because it's easy to forget uh, what last year was, what two seasons ago was, what three seasons ago was. But it really feels like the haves and have-nots have announced themselves uh, earlier and more aggressively uh, this season than in most years past. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. There's there's still some teams that I'm unsure about. You know, the same old that have triggered me for a couple of years now, the Atlanta Falcons, one of them. <laughs> Again, feeling like just cannot figure out that team. And I wonder if Dan Quinn is the second coach fired. We'll get to that game in a little bit. But if he doesn't win in Arizona this week, it could potentially happen. Uh, and then the Titans is just – they're just another team that I just can't seem to figure out as well. Yeah, they're boring. They're boring. They're, let's just put it <laughs> we like know that. that. They're boring, yeah. So, again, <laughs> welcome to the show if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. This show, of course, is available as well at The Athletic. But if you don't have a subscription, you can head over to theathletic.com slash best on the board. That will give you 40% off. We have our fantasy basketball draft guide that just launched. We have lots of podcasts. Beller is one one on one. I listened to you and Emery Hunt the other day breaking down Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Hopkins, Fuller, Thielen, Diggs, some some amazing communication back and forth with you guys breaking it all down. You'll be on the ranking show. You'll record that today with one of the top rankers in the game and Jake Seeley. You can catch his rankings on theathletic.com. So if you have a subscription, it won't just give you every podcast. It'll give you absolutely every article outside of what we do on the fantasy side of things as well. So we encourage you to rate and review, please. Respect. Give us a you know a five-star rating if you want. We would definitely appreciate that. It just helps us. It helps the show. It helps you guys getting the show early, goes to the top, all that good stuff. So with that being said, let's dive into last week quickly. Um a better week for me. Still not great. Not where I want to be. Three and four. Had the Rams. We both had the Rams. Had the Vikings. Had, of course, the Patriots. You had Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and New Orleans on top of that Rams game. You know, then the three games that you got wrong, I also got wrong. Some puzzling games like KC, offensive line. We'll talk about that when we dive into the Chiefs and the Texans game. Maybe one of the most exciting games and intriguing games from a fantasy standpoint this week. A high total. Offensive line did not look good. They were really kind of never in that game in the second mm-hmm. half. The Colts kind of dominated at least the line of scrimmage. And then the Bears. The Bears and the Browns. I mean, we'll save the Browns for a second, but the Bears, I mean, that's a game they probably should have won. I mean, that to me, like, in one of my survivor pools, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that, maybe you want to go to London a little bit earlier, <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, maybe. Has anyone involved in this organization done any sort of traveling? at all and know what uh, jet lag is. Are you familiar with jet lag? Maybe we don't want to fly from Chicago to London uh, two days before playing a football game, especially when the other team is leaving on Monday morning. Uh, Not the best uh, travel plans, I think, for Chicago. Uh, KC Cleveland, those were just whiffs. Those were misses. Got to own them. That Bears one hurt because uh, even after the way they played, I I feel very confident they are the better team uh, than the Oakland Raiders. And then they they go down 17-0. They scored 21 straight in the second half, 
At that point, I'm feeling, all right, yes. this cover's happening. Uh, all we need is one more score. Oakland's not going to get another score on this defense. Give us one more score. We got the cover. We won't be uh, you know, too happy about it, but it's a line drive in the box score, right? And, and then they just went totally silent and let Oakland run the ball down their throats. Can't get anything going on offense. That one uh, I feel pretty bitter about. Casey and Cleveland, we got to take our lumps, I guess. Yeah, yeah we, we hold ourselves accountable on this show. We'll pat ourselves on the back. Sure, it's, it's really just about kind of helping you guys out. As we said before, we – these are the picks that we make. We're not just making them for the sake of making them. Like we're in pools as well. We're putting the money down on the line. We, we are standing by these picks. So uh, yeah, Cleveland did not look good in that game. And again, more question marks with, with this team. And certainly from, from Baker Mayfield, I think it kind of starts there. I mean, you could have got minus two from him in a fantasy league. I know that I did. <laughs> minus two in one of my leagues. Minus two. I don't know when the last time I've seen that. Like in, in another league where I think it was just minus one for a pick, I saw somebody get a donut from him but from a quarterback I mean not getting any fantasy points Beller like I don't know when the last time I've seen that happen yeah especially for someone who played the full game right right I mean maybe you see it where uh where a guy like throws an interception in the first quarter and gets injured and then right like didn't uh oh well Mitch Trubisky had like a zero point game when he got injured a couple of weeks ago uh Case Keenum also right uh, threw an interception in that game then got pulled so you see it like that but you never see it for a guy who plays the full game uh that Cleveland team I mean they got to figure out something. They got to figure out something fast because things are getting ugly there in what was supposed to be a breakout season for that offense. Yeah, and props to you as well. The one game we were different on Green Bay and Dallas, I thought the Cowboys would bounce back, but really they were not in that game at all. It was a game that was dominated by the Packers and Aaron Jones. What you see in the box score with Dak Prescott racking up all those yards and the touchdowns late, I wouldn't buy totally into that. They were playing from behind. Uh, some prevent defense there as well. Dak kind of threw that game away early in that contest. So you with the big four and three, me with the three and four, we got to do a little bit better. So let's get into week six and let's start off the top. Uh, maybe one of the easiest games to call. In <laughs> fact, the New England Patriots, um, you know, th- this line is going to change, guys. It really is. I mean, it opened up at 15 for the Pats, 46 and a half. It's now 17, 41 and a half. So the total has dropped significantly. And I would imagine this spread will probably get closer to 20, Beller, because we are have Saquon Barkley ruled out, Evan Ingram ruled out, Sterling Shepard is not playing, Wayne Gallman is not playing. I mean, this is tough sledding for a Giants team, even at home, even you know playing New England. In fact, they're they're not at home to make matters worse. They got to go to Foxborough and play this football game, and I just don't know where the points are going to come from because New England hasn't given any up this year. Yeah, and, and you can say that part of it's been the competition, which it certainly has been. But this defense has looked dominant, and I agree with you. Uh, this is one of my most confident picks of the week. Uh, I, I mean, this should just be one of the easiest wins in the two-decade Brady Belichick era. Uh, <laughs> they, I don't think we're going to see them go like 41 nothing. but it, 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 the best bet in this game is the under. Like that is just uh, how could this game not possibly go under, right? I mean, it's what you say it was forty one and a half right now. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots are going to need to get. It's going to have to be like forty two nothing. Yeah. Right. The Patriots are going to need to get at least thirty five of the forty two points to get this game over. Uh, and I just don't think either of those going to happen. I mean, this is just a game that the Patriots should dominate from start to finish. And we've seen these huge spreads from the Patriots before. They've covered every single one yep. except for the back door that the Jets hit on them, and that took two pick sixes. One of which was an or no a block punt at right. pick six, and the big six was not thrown by Tom Brady. So the Patriots have plenty of confidence in covering these big spreads. Uh, they have plenty of track record, and I don't see any reason to go against them uh, as a team that's going to be able to cover a big spread again this week. Give me the Patriots. Uh, this should be a, an absolute easy walkover, a great great way to get our week started. Yeah, that's right, a great way as well. Uh, and you know they've only allowed six point eight points per game, only. Four touchdowns, I think. One is the pick six you alluded to. Another one was the block, I think, a game against the Bills. So they just they haven't given anything up. So I'm with you. We've said this before with New England. If you don't think that they'll score 42 points, then take the under because the team implied total is 29 and a half. I'm sure they get there. But the Giants at 13, that's being pretty generous from a Giants team who's, who's missing. They're missing some key pieces in that offense. So we're done with that game. Let's move on. Things get a little bit tougher. We'll go with the early game on Sunday. It is in London, 9.30 Eastern time. We have Carolina and Tampa Bay playing again. This is the second time these two teams have played each other so far this season. We have Tampa Bay. They opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. 46 was the total. Things have swung the other way. Carolina now two-and-a-half-point favorites. The total up at 47-and-a-half. Thoughts on this game? 
Yeah, this is an interesting one, and this is one that I don't have as one of my top seven, uh, but this is just Wednesday, and I could see myself swinging on it depending on how uh, the the bets come in on on both sides of this one because I think there's a chance that the Panthers are pretty good. I think there's a chance that the Panthers are a legit uh, playoff contender. Um, Kyle Allen coming in for the injured Cam Newton has really steadied the offense, and uh, I think a fully healthy Cam Newton is likely still a better player than Kyle Allen, but we might not see a fully healthy Cam Newton at all this season. So, yeah, I like the fact that Kyle Allen is still under center in this one. Uh, I do believe in what we've seen from the Buccaneers offense uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Obviously, they hit a little bit of a roadblock last week against the Saints, threw up uh, 24 uh, relative like empty calorie sort of points uh, against the Saints in that game, especially uh, toward the end of it, that last touchdown, uh, relatively meaningless for the Buccaneers. But I just think that the Panthers might be a pretty decent team. So uh, I want to see if anything fishy happens with the way the line moves and where the money's coming in, where the bets are coming in. But uh, I believe in this offense, and uh, I think they can get going against Tampa. The one thing that worries me is that Tampa's run defense has been legitimately good this season. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey is the heartbeat of this offense. Now, having a good run defense doesn't necessarily mean you stop Christian McCaffrey, but that's another thing that would give me pause. For me, this is a Panthers or stay away uh, and not quite good enough to be in my top seven just yet, but we'll see what happens in the next 48, 72 hours or so. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping them out of the top seven as well. this was actually a game I jumped on pretty early. I, I don't do this often. I like to see things play out throughout the week and certainly some practice reports. But when you know when I saw Tampa Bay getting the two and a half, I quickly went the other way with Carolina because I do think they're a better football team. I, I love everything that you said You know a, around this team. They do seem legit. And they're doing this without Cam, right? Like Kyle Allen, is, is he just hasn't lost a game yet. He's done enough to to be good in the in the three starts that he's had and for McCaffrey you look at the game log that one game was down it was a down game for him against Tampa Bay I do have a lot of respect for their run defense there's just so many question marks with Tampa Bay it's like Mike Evans doesn't get a catch in a game like how does that happen I know Marshawn Lattimore is looking like Lattimore in the rookie season he shut down Evans before but to still come away like with zero catches and then OJ Howard like OJ Howard catches the ball at the baseball game and everybody's like just freaking out because like they want him to catch balls <laughs> in a football game. Year. Yeah, like what's happening? Like you That's actually that's his best catch of the, of the 2019 calendar season. It may be his best year. catch of the whole year. It, it, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> Use this guy. It just doesn't seem like Bruce Arians is is interested at all in using him in the offense. Cameron Braid seems to just come away. Like not that Braid is being a big part of the offense, but he just seems to come away with a catch or two here and there when OJ Howard is just not getting used. So I will go with the better team. Sometimes weird things happen in London. I know people looking at old games in Wembley. I've heard soccer players talk about, you know, the breakaway speed is a little bit different with when this game being played in the brand new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I I wouldn't get too cute with all those metrics and stuff, Mm. Uh, but I do think Carolina is the better football team here. So I will lean with them. Team implied total is pretty close. 25 for the Panthers and 22 and a half for the Bucs. It's going to be an intriguing matchup. Tampa Bay did win that first game and Jameis looked pretty good in that matchup. Uh, But these two teams playing each other, pretty frequently after that so I'm i mean that sure. was that was the height of that was the last game cam newton played right, right? yeah that was the last one that was the last one and he so, def- I mean, definitely didn't look good in that game oh he looked terrible he couldn't not, even run he, did, he just he, he couldn't run he looked totally exactly. banged up yeah for sure yeah. so you get a fresh allen in there uh we both like carolina in that game the ravens and the Bengals. the Bengals still looking for their first win i i produce a podcast at the at at the athletic say that five times go. fast uh, <laughs> hear that podcast growling with Paul Daniel Jr. and Jay Morrison. These guys are not having it. The Bengals, they're fed up with the Bengals. The Bengals, their team, they cover them, and they just they did talk every single week about how checked out this team looks. They're waiting for them to start making deals as we get closer to the trade deadline. I don't know if the big deals are going to come that they're suggesting, and Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. It could be a little smaller, some smaller pieces that they move on from, but this is a team that looks completely checked out, Beller, a division game. I don't know if the Ravens are as good as what we thought, this is They're a not. huge spread, ten and a half. It's jumped up to eleven. This is a little high for me to feel about feel good about Baltimore. I mean, I obviously I think they're going to win the football game, but by two scores, eleven, like double digit points, will they? Is that too high for you to feel good about Baltimore? Way too high, way too high. Meaning, you know, I've been I, I I've I've had the Ravens opponent as one of my top picks almost every single week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I you nailed it last week with the Steelers. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I just I don't I don't buy this team at all. Remember uh, week two, my my best bet of the week was Arizona. That's right. And Arizona was able to keep that game close. I just don't buy this team for a second. Now they're going to win this game at home against a completely listless Cincinnati team. They're going to win, 
But I just don't think that this is that special of a team in Baltimore. And so I'm not willing – if you're going to – if I'm going to trust you to cover two scores, I almost don't care who the opponent is. You better be a legit team. Yeah, And I just don't think that the Ravens are. And then, of course, there's the fact that you know, as uh, disappointing as Cincinnati has been this season, you know, there's still some offensive firepower here. They're still throwing the ball a ton. You yeah. still have Tyler Boyd putting up a really strong season. Auden Tate's a dangerous guy. Joe Mixon finally seems to be getting going at least a little bit. Uh, the back door is going to be open in this game at the very least, I think, for Cincinnati. So I, I just could not have any confidence in the Ravens covering uh, the 11. Uh, it, it, I think in, in pools where I'm picking games, every single one and not actually putting anything at stake other than my standings in the pools I actually might lean with Cincinnati here as almost a differentiator because I feel like uh, Baltimore will be the more popular play Uh, if I were recommending putting any money at stake it's really hard to go uh, with the Bengals but I think this is a a pure stay away I would not be I would not put five dollars on this game uh, of real money just because the Ravens are clearly the better team but I don't think they're good enough to get an 11 point respect that they're getting against Cincinnati yeah, money better spent maybe on an iced coffee. I know. Oh, yeah, I could figure out a billion better ways to spend <laughs> money on this meeting. No matter what sort of dollar amount you're talking about, there are so many better things you can do with your money than trust a fraudulent Ravens team or a checked-out Bengals team, no matter what side you think is the better side. Yeah, and you know what? You're right about Andy Dalton, and we've talked about this before with Zach Taylor and, and the offense. They're, they're slinging it. They really are. Whether they have to or not is, is a different story, but they've hung around in some games. They went in Seattle. We talked about them. They lost yeah. by a point. Probably should have won that game. They had a chance to win in Buffalo. We love the Bills' defense. We've given them a lot of credit on this show. The game against Pittsburgh was a wash. I mean, they just they didn't look good. They got sacked. Dalton got sacked tons of times. Arizona, whatever, but they clawed themselves back into that football mm-hmm. game. So you mentioned the backdoor cover could have won that one as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think they'll hang hang down, hang tight in this game. I think you you know why I tossed that random word down there in my sentence was because I was thinking about teaser. Like if you're gonna do it, maybe you can tease mm-hmm. the Ravens down a little bit if you're into some teasers. Like they win by a field goal. If you want to go the seven point teaser, you bring the spread down. I just think eleven is too high. And if I had to choose, I'm kind of right there with you, Cincy. But I would wait it out. I feel the public is really back in the Ravens here. So if that gets up to twelve, I mean you'll like it a little bit more if you're feeling the Bengals. You get that yeah. extra point. Uh, this is this is a very interesting game. I don't know if Vegas is just screwing with us here. Uh, Seattle and Cleveland. We had Cleveland open up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. The total at 46. It's now at 47. But Seattle now getting the benefit of the doubt, the one-point favorite. Uh, obviously, the Browns were on full display Monday Night Football, and they got worked against the 49ers. Uh, man, it's hard for me to back Cleveland. And it seems like maybe when everybody's – out on Cleveland, I mean, we've seen it once. I won't give them a lot of credit in week two against the Jets, but we saw that they everybody doubted them, Vegas included, not going to go into Baltimore, win the game. That's another example of maybe why Baltimore is not for real. Mm-hmm. Cleveland went in there and, and put up like 500 yards of offense and like 40 points, ran all over them with Chubb and had some success throwing the football. I just got to go with Seattle here. I think they're the better team. And you know what it is for me? It's just the better quarterback. And yep. it's Russell Wilson. If this guy's going to have the ball in the last drive, I'm confident that he's going to march down the field and they're going to win the game by a field goal. I cannot say that about Cleveland right now. Yeah, I feel the same way as you. Another game that I don't quite have in my seven uh, as we're going to talk about it today, but I could see working its way in there on Seattle's side. It, it's remarkable to me, Meany, that it, it seems like uh, Russell Wilson still doesn't get the full oh, credit he does not. that he deserves. He's doing it I mean, again. This guy – He's doing it again on a team that like has no business being four and one, right? right? It feels like they, I mean they they, they should have lost, lost last week. They should have lost to the Rams. They could have lost to Cincinnati yeah. in Week One, and, and it's just I mean Russell Wilson finds ways to get this team to win, and he's just a remarkable quarterback, a remarkable player. Uh, rightfully uh, in the thick of the early MVP race, he's just so good. Uh, so if all you really need here is a Seahawks victory to win your bet. I really don't care where this game is played. Because of Russell Wilson, Seattle clearly the better team. And Cleveland's got to figure something out uh, offensively. I mean, they just can't get any sort of rhythm. Uh, And we are now, you know, we're we're five weeks into the season. We're talking about their sixth game. And they have no offensive rhythm. One game, two games, sure, you got a new coach. You're still fitting some pieces together. Totally understandable. I get it. But at this point, the talent alone should be carrying them through. This is what happens when you put a still young, even though he's promising, still young quarterback behind a truly bad offensive line. And we're seeing seeing it ruin Cleveland's season. And there's really no fix for it on the fly. That's just another reason to like Seattle in this one. Yeah, there there is no fix. There used to be a time when – 
you definitely kind of faded Seattle on the road. They were one of those teams that you just backed them all the time at home, and when they went on the road, they were just a different team. But I, I just have so much confidence in Russell Wilson. He Again, he is doing it one more time. 73% completion rate is tied up at the top with Derek Carr. And what's Baker Mayfield's completion rate? 55%. 55%. That is like – that. it's it's near the bottom. I mean, Rosen's like 51 yeah, it's like impossibly low. It's Yeah, it's impossibly low. Blame the line if you want. Some of the blame has to go on Baker. Some of the blame has to go on Freddie Kitchens for sure. I mean, he just got schooled by Kyle Shanahan last week. Absolutely mm-hmm. schooled for the two head coaches going toe-to-toe. I mean, it does not look good. So I, I can't back – I can't back the Browns right now. Would it shock me if they won a game at home? They'd be right back in it. They'd be right. I mean, the division is still up for grabs. I mean, they're just behind oh, yeah. Baltimore. Pittsburgh is it seems completely done, and and we just talked about Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So I I just can't. I need to see a little bit more before I back the Browns. I'm I'm confident in Seattle winning this football game. Yeah. This is the game here. This is this is going to be the one we could get. Maybe um, remember the Rams and Chiefs last year. Oh yeah, it was uh, like all the fifty-one forty-eight, oh, something like fifty-four fifty-one. We like that. may get that here between <laughs> the Texans and the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs open up at seven and a half point favorites. A total over/under total at fifty-four. It's now fifty-five, and Kansas City five point favorites. We have a Chiefs team applied total at thirty. We have the Texans at twenty-five. This is going to be fantasy goodness. We finally saw the breakout game from Fuller Watson. A career game from him threw all over the Falcons. Things not as good in Kansas City lately. Finally, you know, just a little bit of regression from some guys. Everything worked out so perfectly for them last year, Beller. They didn't really have to deal with a ton of injuries. Now they could get Tyreek Hill back. Sammy Watkins looks doubtful at this point. But to me, the offensive line, I mean, we've had some question marks with the offensive line in Houston. But now I think there's some question marks with the offensive line in Kansas City. This team can't run the football right now. Yeah, it's it's really been pretty, quite shocking uh, for what we, what we've seen from them. The, they haven't been able to get the uh, run game going whatsoever. I would love to see more LaShawn McCoy. We saw zero carries and two targets for him uh, last week in that game. I, I I just think he's a better player than Damian Williams. Same. You know, we talked Great. about this at the start of the season that you know Damian Williams, like all credit to him, he took advantage, but that was the most ridiculous offensive environment that we've seen in quite some time that he stepped into. He did it over a small sample, and we had five years or whatever it was of him in Miami of being just a guy, and I still think that that's really who he is. We have a much larger sample of him being just a guy than him being this you know, uh, perfect fungible running back that you could just throw in there, and he's going to do uh, – he's going to be Kareem Hunt, just what Kareem Hunt was for this Kansas City offense. I want more LaShawn McCoy as an impartial viewer. If I, if I want to see the best out of every team, I think LaShawn McCoy in that backfield is a way to get it out of Kansas City. Do you think they uh, lean on him a little bit more this week? I mean, he has to have more than one touch, two touches. Uh, he, I know he yeah, fumbled. he has but... to. He fumbled. But, I mean, he gained like 30 yards on that play. Exactly. Right, on the fumble. So, yeah. like, I mean, I know the, the end of the play wasn't great, but uh, let's maybe focus on a, a little bit of what he did before. For that, uh, I, I do hope that they lean on him. I think they might have to. Um, but uh, I really like the Texans. Um, uh, the Chiefs are so scary, obviously, that I'm not confident enough to say the Texans are one of my top plays. But I think this team, I, again, it goes back to Deshaun Watson and, and what he's able to do when he's uh, firing on all cylinders. And if they get this pass game going like we saw against Atlanta, and Atlanta is a uniquely weak team uh, to go up against uh, against the pass. But uh, if they can get this going, if they can find any measure of consistency out of Will Fuller, you get Kenny Stills back, if not this week, relatively soon. Uh, Kiki Kuti is starting to yeah. uh, be that guy who occupies a lot of attention underneath because they don't really have a consistent tight end or pass-catching running back to go to. But I think you maybe do start – to see Duke Johnson worked in a little bit more there. Uh, this passing game, I think it, it could be, you know, like an exponential curve where things are like slowly, slowly, slowly ticking up and then boom, we look back at week five as the time that that shot straight up like the condor. So I, I really think that we're going to see a, a, a big game uh, out of this Houston offense against the Chiefs. I'm still afraid enough of the Chiefs to not uh, be super confident in the Texans as one of my top plays. But uh, I do lean in their direction, catching five points in this one. Yeah, I, I lean in that direction, too. They are one of my my top plays. And let's give the Colts some credit, too. I mean, in two games, Mahomes has played against the Colts. He's got one touchdown. And I think we just have to – again, we've said that. The Colts are on a bye. But I just wanted to give another shout-out to, to what they're doing. And Frank, Frank Reich, Reich, man. Frank Reich, absolutely. Um, very solid game plan. 
leaning on Mac, Jacoby Brissett is doing enough uh, taking care of the football as well. So, yeah, give them a ton of credit. But there's some holes in this Kansas City defense, and it starts with the run game. You mentioned Duke Johnson getting more involved. Carlos Hyde hasn't blown anybody away, but he's still touching the ball a ton, having some success on the ground. And the Chiefs enter. I mean, only the Bengals have allowed more rushing yards than Kansas City's 155 per game. So I think that they can have some success running the football, like what I saw, even though it was the Falcons. Like what I saw last week from from Houston for sure, and that offense rolling. Mm-hmm. Would you sell Will Fuller, or would you just keep him, knowing that this offense is so explosive that you're going to get some up games and some down games? But when he does, I mean, he's not going to score nearly 60 fantasy points for you every week. But when he does blow up like that, he does enough to win you a week. If someone's willing to treat him as more than a wide receiver three, then I'm I'm down. Yeah, that's uh, what. But he if is. I'm not going to get any, if yeah, right, that's what he is. If, but if I'm not if I'm not going to get more than that then I'm happy to have that uh, boom in my lineup, knowing that there are going to be some uh, seven-target, two-catch, 40-yard games in his future. For sure. This is another game where I think Vegas is kind of, you know, screwing with us a little bit. Like, that Seattle spread at one, I mean, this is one, too. Like, I think you and I can agree that New Orleans is the better team than Jacksonville, even Mm -hmm. without Drew Brees. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is right there near the top in completion percentage as well. And Michael Thomas, like he needed a guy in Drew Brees. Like he's just putting up MVP-like numbers. Nobody ever talks about a wide receiver MVP-like numbers, but he's getting all of the targets, and he has been unreal. The Jags opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now one-and-a-half-point favorites playing in Jacksonville, a total that's jumped up from 43-and-a-half to 44-and-a-half. I, 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 I shouldn't feel weird about picking the Saints. I don't completely feel weird, but this is out of my seven. But I am going to lean with New Orleans here. Uh, Even going into Jacksonville and Ramsey, you know, potentially practicing this week and returning. And as good as Gardner Minshew has been, he's been pretty good and pretty impressive. I am going to lean with the Saints here and the better football team all around. Yeah, you checked all the boxes on the Saints, so I'll just focus on the Jaguars side of this. I, I do lean with the Saints as well. Uh, but it's time to give Gardner Min- – Gardner Minshew's not just this cute story here. Right? He's not just a, a guy with a silly mustache who, who likes to uh, uh, dress uh, in goofy uh, jackets and shorts coming off the plane. Like, this guy has done enough for us to take him seriously yeah. as a quarterback. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Nick Foles is back, right? Because, oh, I mean, Nick Foles time. is – I mean, this is this is not – I mean, Nick, we're, we're approaching the Nick Foles return. Yeah. He's going to be back in a couple of weeks. And, I mean, how do you – I, I, I don't think you go – especially if they win at home this week, you can't go to him. I don't think you can. I think Gardner Mitchell has to fall on his face the next couple of weeks to have any sort of argument to go back to Nick Foles. Yeah. And yeah, that's not really a knock on Nick Foles. I mean, he what he I mean, he what he what he get two possessions before he broke his yeah. collarbone? Yeah. And he I he, threw and he, a touchdown pass. Threw a touchdown pass. A long <laughs> touchdown pass to DJ Chark. He's the start of the DJ Chark explosion this season, but with the way Minshew's played and the way they've played as a team, I don't see how you can possibly go away from him. So uh, I do think the Jaguars have earned this line, but I just think the Saints are the better team, pure and simple. And, uh, man, if you got in on the like Saints to win the NFC or Saints to win the Super Bowl uh, back the what? moment that Drew oh, Brees yeah. got hurt, you are feeling pretty good about yourself because – they really haven't missed a beat without him. Uh, obviously, they're not as good a team, but I mean, they're still gonna—they're still gonna win ten games. They're still gonna win eleven games, and I, I think they're the best team in the NFC. I agree with you. I think they're the best team in the NFC as well. They're a team that I had going to the Super Bowl, and I—I'll admit, I'll be honest. Like when Breeze went down, I was like, "Uh oh." Like, how's this team going to find these these couple wins? Like, Breeze better get back in six weeks. And he's, he posted a video on Instagram of him throwing. It looks like he's going to return soon. But I give a lot of credit to, to Teddy Bridgewater. He's, oh, yeah. he's earning that uh, that stock. His stock is rising, you know, whether he leaves New Orleans and he signs a contract elsewhere to be the starting quarterback or or maybe the Saints win and Breeze goes out on top. It's all, yeah, it's all a possibility uh, for sure. But, yeah, we got to give Minshew some credit. Absolutely. I mean, he, he they didn't win last week, but – it wasn't on him. He clawed himself back. It clawed this team back into the game. 374. He's got nine touchdowns and one interception. And, hey, Foles is sitting there on the sidelines probably thinking, oh, man, here I go with another injury and someone taking my job. But, you know, that's kind of what happened to him in Philadelphia, right? <laughs> Wentz goes he down. He got a Super Bowl and, ring because and, of that. Yeah, and he gets a Super Bowl ring because and of that. And an $80 million dollar contract or whatever it was. <laughs> He's doing all right. Yeah. He's just <laughs> doing fine. Uh, and here's a, a nice NFC matchup game, a, a, a huge game for both teams. You have the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. This line really hasn't budged at all. Uh, it 44 was the total. It's still sitting at 44. Minnesota three-point favorites at home, still three-point favorites at home. Team implied total, 23.5 for the Vikings, 20 
and a half for the Eagles. I'll start first. I like Minnesota. I, what I'm encouraged with what I saw last week. I understand that it was the Giants, a team that you should be able to pass on, and they passed on them. And flip side, encouraged with the Eagles. They played a weak team in the Jets. They went up against a third-string quarterback and didn't get any first-team reps all week, and he was just thrown into the fire in Philadelphia. He got sacked like a, almost a dozen times. I think there was like 10 sacks for the Eagles in that game. Sam, Sam Darnold, we'll talk about the Jets in a little bit, back with the Jets. But for me, I just think the Vikings, the all-around better team. Like Cook may struggle running against the Eagles' defense. He's going to get a few more catches. I just look at the Vikings' secondary and their defense – and I check off the box. I just don't feel that way with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they can score some points, but I just don't like their secondary. I think Thielen will eat again. I think Diggs could show up. I think they'll struggle with Cook in the backfield catching passes. So I'm just going to lean with the home team here in Minnesota. I think they win by a field goal. Yeah, this is another uh, this is another good spot for Kirk Cousins in the passing game. It and is. that's why I lean uh, in Minnesota's uh, direction as well. It just feels like there are more ways for them to win this game than there are available to Philly. Uh, not a game that I am going to be putting in my top seven. And unlike a few of the others I've talked about, probably not one that has a chance to uh, force its way into my top seven over the next couple of days just because I do respect both of these teams. Uh, and I do – I mean, I could pretty easily build a, a narrative in my head where Philadelphia does end up uh, coming out on top in this one or at least keeping it close enough to stay within the number. Uh, but uh, I do think Minnesota is the better team overall. I do think that uh, they can unleash their full offense, whereas in uh, previous games that hasn't been available to them, Green Bay and Chicago are the two that really stand out there. And uh, this, uh, we talk about some of the big home field advantages in the NFL. Minnesota yes. is one of them. Kansas City, Seattle, New England, Minnesota. Those are, I feel like, the real big home field event. Maybe you could throw New Orleans in there as well, uh, but we've seen it this season. I mean, this team just destroyed not even a contest Atlanta and Oakland in their home game so far this season and, and those I think Philadelphia is better than both of those teams and there's something to be said for the quality of opponent that they've had in their home games thus far but those games were never in doubt from the jump and, and so Minnesota really is a different team when they get inside the dome there I, I think that uh, that is something that also maybe puts them over to the top in this one so lean toward the Vikings not quite a top seven play yeah this is a week that you could play Kirk Cousins if you're in a pinch. I think you can play Definitely. him. I, mean, last I week, think even more than a pinch. I, I like him this week. Yeah, I have him as a top 12 quarterback in my rankings. I, I, I definitely think that you can play him. I, you could probably expect a lot of what he did last week. 22 for 27, 300 yards, a couple touchdowns against that Eagles secondary. And, and in, I mean, the buy low opportunity is gone for Thielen. I still think it's there for Diggs. I don't view him as a top. 15 wide receiver like the consensus heading into the year. I think he's like 60th in the league in targets. He's not getting a ton of looks, but Philly, Detroit, Washington, KC coming up on the schedule. I, I mean, it is a buy low opportunity, but I wouldn't give up too much. But you can definitely start both of his past weapons, Kirk Cousins' weapons, in this game for sure. Uh, this is this is the game of the week. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, Forget about the rest. Somebody's got to win. Someone someone get Joe Buck to Miami now. Get him there. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. This or is Tony an, this Romo. Is a, this is a Fox game, right? This is, is With, it a Fox game? Yeah. Yeah, Washington oh, on the road. Get Joe goodness. Buck. Forget about baseball. Get Joe Buck to Miami. We need his voice on this game. Jay Gruden is gone. He's done. They asked him to come in at 5 in the morning, and then they fired him. He's done. He's out of there. Uh, if you think it was a fair shake or not, and – you know, Washington has dealt with so many injuries over the past couple of years. Two years ago, they had over 22 different combinations on their offensive line. There have been a ton Unreal. of injury, injuries over the past few years with Washington. Um, but he is gone now. He is done. They're turning the page. Washington at Miami. One of these two teams has to win. The Redskins open up as five-point favorites, the total at 41. It's now three and a half for Washington. I originally had Miami in here as my seven. I feel like I will lean that way, but I'm just – and then, I'm, like, that one rule that I have when two mediocre teams go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, I just kind of stay away from it. What's your thoughts here? I mean, this is definitely a winnable game for Miami. If they're going to win one, it's right now, and you could say the same thing for Washington. Hey, yeah, I mean, one, there's a good chance, right? That would be hilarious <laughs> if, if they this tied? was a – if oh my well if they tied that would just be and nobody scored best, in overtime right? yeah they and just they both tied. go o fifteen and one <laughs> for the season uh, but uh, I, I actually shockingly do have the Dolphins among nice, my top nice, seven nice. plays here uh, they're at home they're getting three and a half points there you cannot convince me so it so we're, we're saying that if if this were in Washington that Washington 
would be getting another three Damn, on top of this, half, right? Seven, no, the, the, no. Like, come on. These are terrible teams. There is no way that Washington is so less bad than Miami that they should be favored by more than a field goal in Miami. Right. Right? And, I like, I mean, the, what little we've seen of Josh Rosen, like, he, he, he looked better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And, like, I mean – I think that uh, we're finally starting to get a little bit uh, of, uh, of a lean on Kenyon Drake in this Miami offense, which for some reason hasn't happened for the last year and a half, but yeah. uh, should be happening. So I will, if this game were, if, if this game were anything less than three and a half, I would probably just be staying away from it. But all I need is the bad home team to stay within a field, field goal, goal against the bad road team that's going to be like who, that still doesn't know who's who their starting quarterback is. Yeah. Like I will do that. I, I am. I am in. I am in. So I'll, I'll I'll hold my nose. I won't watch a second of the game. I'll take the Dolphins, and I'll trust that they can at least keep this game within a field goal because there's no way that they are appreciably worse than Washington. There's just no possible way. Yeah, and you know sometimes you see when. We've seen this before numerous times, like when a coach is fired, all of a sudden the other team seems amped up. Maybe it's a defensive coordinator that's fired and the defense looks awesome all of a sudden. But there's just no players on Washington that I just feel like they could step up and all of a sudden be a good team. Like they just don't have the personnel. Mm -hmm. It's just not good. So uh, if I had to choose, I, you know, and I did, I, I, you know, originally I had Miami in as my seven. And I, like I said, I was just like, nah, I'm not going to go there. But you know, jokes aside, this could be a sneaky fantasy game. I mean, nobody in this in this offense is expensive. From a DFS standpoint, there's guys that are available. Like McLaurin is definitely a play, but like Drake, as you mentioned, I mean, this yeah. could be an AP game. Maybe Thompson, maybe they want to run the ball. Maybe Thompson gets more involved through the air. He can, you know, catch a few balls for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe Albert Park. Wilson, if he comes back. Albert Wilson, if he comes before back. Before he got hurt week one, he had a decent, he put he together did. a decent half there before he got hurt. And if he doesn't play, maybe Preston Williams, like, it's not like. I mean, he's had a ton of targets. He doesn't have done a lot with them, but 19 targets in the last two games with Rosen. I mean, he seems to be his guy. So it, it could be a sneaky fantasy game, but I, altogether, just kind of staying away from it for, for me, for sure. <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah, I totally is, get that. Ugh, and I don't know how much I'll watch, but I will have Red Zone uh, <laughs> on in case I do see a couple touchdowns in that contest. Let's go to some more competitive games. Sunday late afternoon, we have the Rams and the 49ers. Set off the top, the, the 49ers were very, very impressive in their win against the Browns, whether you just thought it was all Cleveland giving it away. That, that This is not the case. The San Fran team, they can dial up some pressure. They can get after the quarterback. They're making things happen in the secondary. They're running the football very, very very well. The Rams open up as four-point favorites. The total was 48-and-a-half. It's now 50-and-a-half. And L.A. now three-point favorites, according to Westgate, at the very end. So it's it's coming down. Like, you and I like the Rams at three-and-a-half, so we definitely like the field of the three. I just don't feel like the Rams win lose three in a row. I just feel like they should have won last week. Zerline hardly misses any kicks. To go into Seattle mm -hmm. and, and maybe pull that away and get that win, we're not feeling as bad about the Rams. They still have some issues running the football. I'm sure they don't want Goff. I'm sure the game plan isn't for Goff to throw the ball 50-plus times a game. They want to have a little bit more balance. They're a play-action team. They're not getting that play-action so far this year. They're not, they haven't been good in that part of the game. But I just feel I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt at home to to win this football game and a team against a team that I'm very impressed with, Beller. I am impressed with San Fran. Yeah, uh, I'm impressed with San Fran too. I think I think they are absolutely a legit team. I think we should be considering both of these teams as favorites to make the playoffs. With one of them, uh, maybe we see three NFC West hey, teams in the yeah. in the playoffs, uh, right? Maybe we see one of them somehow left out. But uh, I think we should be considering both of these teams among the uh, best in the NFC. So this is not necessarily a fade of the 49ers for me, uh, but. Look, we've got the the Rams at their low point of the season. They've lost two straight games. They got blown out by Tampa, or not blown out, but they got embarrassed, embarrassed by Tampa Bay at home a couple of weeks ago. Then they lose a game they probably should have won against Seattle. But now they've got 10 days off since then. Conversely, it's going to be a short week for San Francisco after they play on Monday night. They're at the high end of uh, their uh, of what their season has been to this point. They're 4-0. They just blew out the Ram uh, Browns in front of a national TV audience on Monday night after having the bye, so they went into that with two weeks rest. Uh, this is what my uh, friend uh, Sam Peniatovich calls an accordion game, right? We've got one team all the way on one end at their low uh, ebb of the season and one team on the other end at their high tide, and we know what we love to do in gambling, bet undervalued teams. The Rams, I think, are undervalued in this game. I can't see them losing three straight. 
Give me the Rams uh, as one of uh, – I'm going to be really dialed into this late portion of the day, Chris, because uh, all four of these games in the uh, 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m. Eastern window, uh, I've got a strong lean on them, and I start with the Rams. Yeah, nice. And you bring up a great point, the short week for San Fran, the long, the extra rest for the for the Rams playing on the Thursday night game, some time to prepare. They watch that game. And Kyle Yusick, he's, he's a very underrated part of San Fran's run game. I mean, you saw it. If you watch that game, I mean, he was – the lead blocker on a lot of those significant runs from Coleman and Brita. He's sidelined for four to six weeks. I, I don't know. I still think they'll have success, and I do think that's that's the game plan for San Fran to run the football. But that's a big blow, and I think it's an underrated blow. He seems to fall around Shanahan wherever Shanahan goes, and he likes this guy. And now he's sidelined for, for the next month or so. We'll see how that run game and how successful it is moving forward. But I think that that's going to be a big blow to that San Fran offense. I think Jimmy G may have to throw the ball a little bit more because I think the Rams will score some points. Uh, this is another stay away for me. So you have a strong feel on it. The Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they actually opened up as three, um, and now it's dropped down to two and a half. It's a high total. A lot of people betting the over here. It was 47, and now it's 51 and a half. Uh, you have a strong feeling. What is it? Yeah, give me a break favoring Atlanta on the road against anyone. <laughs> Maybe Washington and Miami. I wouldn't even favor Atlanta on the road against the Jets with Sam Darnold back. Yeah, me neither. They, they, wh- what has this team done Nothing. to earn – right? The Super Bowl was a few years ago. This is not the Super Bowl Falcons. This is like that. Why are they favored on the road? I don't care what Arizona has been this season. This team has no business being favored on the road. uh, Two and a half points against an offense that can get things cooking. And we've seen how vulnerable Atlanta can be against the pass. Uh, Deshaun Watson just lit them up last week. And Kyler Murray is not Deshaun Watson. Maybe he'll be Deshaun Watson one day. He's not there yet. But uh, Kyler Murray, uh, I've still been impressed with him. I know that the, the numbers haven't been there fully just yet, but he's still uh, doing a lot of the things, checking a lot of the boxes that we would want to see from a rookie who is playing behind an average at best offensive line. I do think that uh, we're only going to see better and better things from Kyler Murray. I love that we finally saw him get going with his legs last week. No chance in hell should the Falcons be favored by two and a half points on the road against a team that I think has at least a good offense. Now, we do have to watch the thing of the David Johnson situation. If he is unable to play, that could change things. But assuming he's able to go, uh, give me the Cardinals with a ton of confidence. The Cardinals are going to win this game. If David Johnson plays, the Cardinals win this game outright. I will absolutely take the two and a half. Atlanta stinks. Bottom line. I think he, I think we could wake up Monday morning and Dan Quinn could be fired. I really do. I think it I mean, what's the point of waiting it out for him to turn it around? Like if you go if you lose this football game in Arizona, I mean, what's the point? I mean, yeah, you're done. Totally Your season's agree. over. Uh-huh. And the defense is just look it's just supposed to be his thing. Defense. I mean, it's looked brutal. They can't tackle anyone. And it's not it's nothing new. You're right. This it the isn't. Super Bowl it is a long time ago now. Yeah. I mean, it's just like they've been bad now for a couple years and there's really no excuse. Like there's just, just no excuse. Matt Ryan has had he's had to throw the ball a ton. They have no run game. There there's the the Falcons are a complete mess. Watch them go in and win this game, but I'm with you like <laughs> going to make me look so dumb. No, I'm with you. I just there's no reason to like you said it perfectly. There's no reason that this team should be favored against anybody on the road considering what they've shown us this season. There's absolutely no reason for that. So keep an eye on DJ like you said. I think Chase Edmonds is no disrespect to DJ. I think Edmonds deserves a few more touches. Like hey, he looked good last yeah, week when, he, when Johnson went out of that game. Maybe they need to start using him in the red zone a little bit because that just seems to be Arizona's only flaw offensively right now. They're moving the ball up and down the field. They're just struggling when they get inside the red zone, uh, and DJ just hasn't been able to punch that in. Maybe that'll change because the Falcons yeah. cannot tackle, like I said. I, I will say that all my Zane Gonzalez shares have loved their uh, <laughs> yeah. red zone struggles because yeah, no, Zane Gonzalez is sneakily like the fifth-best kicker in fantasy yeah. right now because he gets to make like four 30-yard field goals per game. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a good call. You didn't like <laughs> Kyler Murray running it in from the, the fourth or goal or whatever it was last week. Yeah. You wanted that extra field goal. <sighs> Give me goal. those three points. And Murray's starting to run around a little bit, right? 90-plus yeah. yards in the ground. He's starting to move his legs, and, and that's what – you know we just hadn't seen that in the first couple weeks. We knew it could happen. We just hadn't seen it yet. So uh, he's on the rise. This offense is on the rise. Let's see if Christian Kirk can come back. I don't think he's going to play, but – um, you know, he's close. He's close to returning from an ankle injury. This is a game we're on the opposite side of, and we were on the opposite side last week when the Dallas Cowboys played. So I'm a little nervous. But the Cowboys now um, seven-point favorites. They actually opened up as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they were just waiting on the Sam Darnold news. Sam Darnold is going to play, as I talked about earlier in the show. The total 44. It's now 43, This, as I, as I mentioned. It's now dropped to seven. So the Cowboys seven, embarrassed last week at home. 
the Jets are a much better team with Sam Darnold. I think the offense is going to roll a little bit better. We saw week one, Jameson Crowder was a big part of the offense. Robbie Anderson will be in play. I'm sure Lev Bell will be able to flow a little bit more. I mean, he's getting more touches than he had in Pittsburgh. It's just he hasn't been able to do a whole lot with them. The offensive line is not great, but when you're down to your third-string quarterback, you know, that's what you can expect. You're feeling the Jets here. I do think this is a little trap for people that want to take the Dallas Cowboys maybe in Survivor, but I, I just feel like maybe Darnold is it's not all there yet. And his first game in a little bit, I think Dallas has a lot to prove after getting spanked last week. I will go with the Cowboys to win by a touchdown, but part of me does feel like it could be a trap. And maybe no Herndon this week. We waited five Six weeks for him, Beller, and he, he suffers a hamstring injury in his first practice, and Adam Gase says it's a legit hamstring. So he was the most picked-up tight end in, in football this past week in fantasy. People need to go elsewhere, but what's your take on the Jets? Why do you think that they'll be able to cover here? I just think that they're going to be a, so much of a different team than we've seen uh, all season long. I mean, we really haven't seen the Jets play no, this haven't. season, if we're, being, if we're being honest about it. I mean, you know, Sam Darnold already had mono in that week one game. Yeah. So he, like, had to slog through that game, even though we didn't know, and they probably still should have won against the Bills. Yeah. They gave that game away at the very end uh, of it, so they probably should have won. Then he can't play anymore. Trevor Simeon got hurt for the season on, what, their first possession against Cleveland in week two? Their first or second possession early. This has been a team that has been quarterbacked by a guy who had mono or a third stringer for the entire season. So we really haven't seen what the Jets can do offensively. Now you throw Darnold back in there, a guy who a lot of people thought was going to take a major step forward, and suddenly now you've got Le'Veon Bell. Now you've got Robbie Anderson. Now you've got Jamison Crowder. Now you've hopefully got Chris Herndon. Suddenly, this offense isn't so bad. And on the other side, I think Dallas might be a glorified Baltimore. I think Dallas has a lot of the same questions hanging over their heads that the Ravens do. How good are they? How good are they 3-2? and two? They're 3-2, and two, but they're 1-4 and four against the spread. So how good of a 3-2 and two are they when you look at the three teams that they've defeated and you look at the two teams they've lost to and you look at the fashion in which they've lost to New Orleans and Green Bay? I think there are some red flags surrounding this team. Now they have to go on the road against a Jets team that's getting its quarterback back for the first time really this season and win by a touchdown? I like the Jets. I like them a lot. I, I... – Vegas does give Dallas a lot of credit. I agree. I mean, that's a great stat about not covering the spread, the one and four. I mean, Vegas, We've I've said this before numerous times. It's like they're one of those teams that they the Vegas knows the public going to bet them no matter what. Like you can't make them – even if they were just a mediocre football team and they were like 24-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, like just so many people would bet them that they just make them 10-1, to 1, right? They just mm-hmm. That's just what Vegas does. And you're right. There are a lot of red flags. There are some question marks. I mean, you beat the Giants, Washington, Miami, who cares? I mean, and then you just turn around and, and you don't do anything in New Orleans. There's nothing. And then Green Bay, we talked about Dak Prescott, all of a sudden six picks in his last four games, like three last week. There, I, I do have a lot of question marks with Dallas as well. Uh, I just feel like they are the better football team. Like show, show us something that you can go in and, and beat this Jets team by a touchdown. But I agree with everything you said about the Jets and Darnold. It's a different offense. It, I, I also think Darnold can take that next step forward. I was in his camp. I was in the Darnold camp, like a truther, that he can make this offense decent. I was looking forward to it. Uh, of course, Mono. I mean, Mono just hits you randomly. Hey, man. Just, hey. It just happens. <laughs> it really does. You got to watch out for it. Just <laughs> really stop, stop kissing so many people, Sam. That's right. Uh, here's another one that switched in, in another way because we had the Titans opening up as two-point favorites heading into Denver to take on the Broncos. A total at 40. It's now at 39. But Denver now favored by two points to win this game at home. I saw it as up as high as two and a half. We are looking at Westgate right now, so two-point favorites. Do you have a beat on this game? Yeah, I like the Broncos. Uh, the Titans, to me, are are just like um, the Falcons. This is a bad team. At least the Falcons aren't boring. Uh, the Titans are boring, and I just don't think there's anything special about them. I think that they have a very predictable game in which they can win games. It, it, it's a game. Uh, Denver's actually an opponent, a, a willing foil for that sort of game, uh, a slow slogging yeah. uh, game where both teams are going to lean on their their run and their defense to try to win. That's where Tennessee is at its best. But even when they're doing that, I mean, come on. That, that, the game they lost to, the, to Buffalo last week, like, give me a break, Titans. Like, you, like that, that's just a game that they have – if they are who they think they are, yeah, you gotta that, that's that. A game, that, that should be in their wheelhouse. Yeah. A game at home against a team that plays the same style, that plays the style they want to play. Josh Allen wasn't even cleared to play until Saturday. And you still lose? Like, that should be their textbook game to win. Now they go all the way on the road to Denver. All Denver's got to do is win this game by a field goal. And Denver quietly 
has been, I think, better than what their record suggests, right? Yeah. I mean, they just got their first win of the season, but, uh, you know, they played Oakland at Oakland, the last home opener uh, in Oakland before they moved to Vegas. Uh, they, they have uh, – it's that was basically Oakland's Super Bowl, uh, yep. coming off all the Antonio Brown stuff, so they lose that game. It was still close. It was a one-score game then. Uh, they they uh, should have beat the Bears. Uh, they got uh, screwed on the NBA college basketball-style timeout <laughs> against the Bears where, you know, there wasn't one second left on the clock when Allen Robinson called that timeout. There was like .2 seconds right. left on the clock when Allen Robinson called that timeout. We never see that given in the NFL. So they get screwed in that one. They hang tough with the Packers, lose by eight in Green Bay. I mean, this really is not a bad team, and they, they totally controlled that game against the Chargers last week. And then uh, what was Week four was Jacksonville, a game that went back and forth that they easily could have won. So this is not a hopeless team. Uh, I, there's a lot of things to like here. Joe Flacco's doing enough. Cortland Sutton's really starting to emerge between him, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, the Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, legitimate one-two punch in the backfield. Like there's a, a decent amount to like. So I think that the Broncos are, are definitely the better team, especially playing at home. And this line does not treat them as such. I like the Broncos uh, in this one. I think they, they win this one. They're able to keep Tennessee at arm's length for most of the game. Yeah, if I had to choose, I would pick the Broncos too. I mean, everything that you just said, I think we said last week. I mean, I, I think we were both – we didn't have them in the seven, but I certainly – uh, was successful with the Broncos spread with the Chargers. I mean, because they've been in every single game, like you talked about, mm -hmm. and their record is it could be a lot better than than what it actually is. So, uh, I'm with the home team here as well with the Denver Broncos. And Lindsey has looked pretty good. He has looked yeah, pretty so good. So is Freeman. Yeah, they've so been, is Freeman. Like, I really thought that was going to be the Philip Lindsey show. Uh, both by design and by merit, but I've been really impressed with Royce Freeman. He's not going to be someone who runs away with an RB1 job, but they've done a good job of using both of them and making both of them effective. Yeah, they're both catching balls out of the backfield. I like the under in this game, too. You, you said it. They both want to run the football, play at a slow pace, so I don't expect a lot of offense in this game. I mean, I know the total has dropped down to 39, but I, I still feel pretty confident that that could be under. We said the same thing last week with the Titans and the Bills, and that one was easily easily hit the under of 38. So let's over to the Sunday night game. Speaking of the Chargers, seven favorites. I don't know if they should be favored by any any team with seven points either, but it is the Pittsburgh Steelers down to like fourth string quarterback now. Uh, my goodness, that was a tough shot Mason Rudolph took. I'm, I'm glad to hear yeah. that he's he's okay and doing well, but he's not going to play in this football game. The Chargers open up as as five-point favorites here. I mean, the total was 43.5. There hasn't been a whole lot of movement. It has dropped down to 41. I know seven seems like a lot, and the Chargers haven't looked all that good. They're still missing a bunch of guys on both sides of the football, but this is a game. I know they don't have a home field advantage. I can't even sit here and say, oh, they're at home and, the, you know, use the crowd to your advantage. But this is a Steelers team now that, you know, James Washington wasn't a big part of the offense, but he's down. I mentioned the fourth-string quarterback. Jalen Samuels was a part of the offense a couple weeks. Now he's out for four to six weeks. I just think there's a lot of issues in Pittsburgh. I know seven seems strong, but I do think the Chargers win this game by a touchdown. Is it too too many points for you to feel good about the Chargers? I mean, they should win this game. It's just a few too many. You know what? It's maybe it's half too many points yeah. for me to feel good about the Chargers. I do think they win. Um, you know, the Steelers have it's been it's been a little impressive what they've been able to do since losing Ben Roethlisberger the fact that they've been able to to stay in these games they very easily could have beat Baltimore last week if Juju doesn't fumble there and mm -hmm. overtime they're looking at a what a first and 10 from their own 40 or 45 yard line somewhere around there where a field goal is going to win the game for them so they they certainly could have won that game um, Devlin Hodges looked good enough uh, in coming in and uh, Emery Hunt our co-worker uh, wrote a really nice piece on Devlin Hodges that you can check out nice. if you do take advantage of that uh, subscription offer that Mini threw out off the top of the show but uh, for subscribers only but a good piece on Devlin Hodges not necessarily a totally helpless quarterback uh, and a guy who's going to throw the ball down the field a lot yeah, he's uh, not I afraid mean, to take shots yeah not afraid to take shots so uh, but still it's, it's just I mean you know the offense obviously hasn't been as good no Jalen Samuels like he was going to be a key piece of the offense no James Washington as you said uh, so it, it's really hard for me to get behind the Steelers in this game on the road maybe if they were at home even knowing that spread would be a couple of points lower, I could get behind them, but it's hard for me to get behind them on the road in this game. And conversely, just haven't seen enough consistency from the Chargers to have a ton of confidence in them covering this number. Uh, in that one pool, I reference a lot because I think it's uh, helpful for us to talk about every game like this. I likely will be backing the Chargers just because it just feels like they're so clearly the better team in this one and they're playing at home. But I'm not super confident in them being able to win this game by more than a touchdown. Yeah, this is a game that they they 
got to have. And and last oh, they, they, they need it big time. And last year they just Pittsburgh had no answers for Keenan Allen. I know they'll probably switch up their game plan a little bit. Their linebackers were on Allen. I think he had like 14 catches, almost 200 yards. I just think he's going to show up in a big way. And Rivers is coming off a down game for sure. I already feel like I'm going to have a teaser that's like Ravens not by 11, Cowboys not by 7, Chargers not by 7, but just to win the game, like win the game by a field goal, move on, lower my odds, but get that W. The final game to talk about, the Monday night game, we got the Packers four and a half point favorites. Opened up as six and a half point favorites. Beller uh, kind of swinging the other way. Starting Maybe people are starting to feel Detroit a little bit coming off the bye. Looking pretty good. Almost beat the Chiefs the last time we saw them. What's your thoughts here? Green Bay is the better team. Green Bay is playing at home. Green Bay's offense is starting to get cooking uh, once through the air a couple of weeks ago uh, in a matchup where that was dictated by their uh, by their opponent. Then on the ground where that was dictated by their opponent against Dallas last, last week, Matt LaFleur. Finally, a Green Bay coach is, has seen the light. Matt LaFleur was forced to <laughs> yeah, see the light. Yeah, he was forced finally, to see the light, yeah. Finally, we are getting Aaron Jones, a workhorse back, who he should be because yes. he is an excellent talent and can do everything out of the backfield. Hey, I don't care how – at this point, I don't care how it happened. I just care that it happened. We get an extra day for Devontae Adams to maybe come back. I'm not banking on that, but maybe the extra day with this game being on Monday Night Football gets Devontae Adams back on the field Green Bay is the better team. They're playing at home. I love what this defense has been able to do this season. I really, I don't care what the, you know, the, the cool side of this, the sharp side of this is looking like Detroit right now. But I just think that uh, Green Bay is the better team. And and I wouldn't be surprised early in the week. This is going to be an interesting one to watch uh, the next couple of days because last week what we saw with Monday Night Football right was. Uh, you, you saw a lot of sharp money coming in and bringing on Cleveland mm-hmm. to bring that line down. And once it hit a low enough number, then you saw it coming in on San Francisco. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's what we're seeing happen in this game. And that's why we're seeing that number come down on Green Bay. And once it gets to a low enough number, wouldn't be surprised to see uh, late in the week sharp money come in on the Packers. That's just my speculation. Uh, so don't take that as, uh, you know, some sort of Vegas insider thing. But we've seen that before. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it again just because I look at these two teams and I see Green Bay as the obvious better team between the two. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you as well. And I think it will come down. And an opportunity maybe to to hammer Green Bay if you can get them at th- four or three and a half. I, I think they are the better team as well. I mean, better defense. And, yeah, I'm glad you said that. He was forced. He oh, was yeah. forced to play Don't Aaron give him too Jones. much credit. Let's not give him too much credit. But you, I <laughs> – total agreement like Aaron Jones is he's a terrific talent give that guy the football because uh, he's 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 gonna be a big part of the offense like Aaron Rodgers is not he's not airing it out like he used to he's not putting up big massive numbers they're leaning on the defense let's use Aaron Jones he's a terrific talent so to recap my seven I got New England I have Seattle I have Houston keeping that game close against the Chiefs I do have the Chargers in there right now they're my seven Minnesota the LA Rams and then Dallas in there as well who's your seven uh, I've got New England, Miami, Rams, Arizona, the Jets, Denver, and Green Bay. Okay, so we have a couple similar. We got New England in there. We got the Rams as a bounce Ranch, back, and then there. we're uh, we're at different ends of the the spectrum there with the Cowboys and the Jets game uh, for sure, and and probably I know we probably would have been a little bit different if you had to go eight, maybe uh, you'd have the Chargers in there, or maybe the Steelers. But nonetheless, the Chargers could be a survivor play for people. Would you oh, yeah. go there? Um, I think right now, especially with the carnage that has ha- uh, been unleashed in uh, Survivor Leagues over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a rough couple uh, with of weeks. The, with, with the Rams losing to the Buccaneers, that was a big one. And then the, the Bears, uh, Bears losing to the Raiders last week. So I think right and now. And the Chiefs, uh, too. Chiefs last week, Oh, yeah, the Chiefs too. and the Chiefs. I knew there was another one. So with those three teams, I would be willing to bet that that uh, Survivor Pools have been whittled away by 50 or 55%, 60% maybe even from what they started at. So with that many people already gone – It'd be really hard for me to not pick the Patriots if I had them available. If I didn't have the Patriots available, probably going to be the Ravens. Uh, but those would be my top two players. They're the big, two biggest spreads, so it's not like I'm uh, saying too much. But I don't think there's enough pot odds or pool equity involved here to go away from those two teams, given how many upsets have really racked uh, wrecked, um, uh, of, uh, Survivor Leagues over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I have one left, and I'm able to pick Baltimore, so I will lean with the Ravens. I picked the New England Patriots already. I, I wasted them already, but nonetheless, I picked Baltimore. And then there's a couple games I think we should maybe stay clear of. Cowboys-Jets does seem like a trap, even though I'm on Dallas. I understand your points. You can bring up really good points. Maybe this Dallas team isn't as good as what we thought. Let's, like, Sam Darnold's first game in a while. Some freaky shit could 
could happen for sure. So keep mm-hmm. an eye on that. And then Packers Lions. As much as I like Packers, I, I I will stay away from those division games, especially on Monday. I just don't know. I I just feel like you could easily take the Patriots and Baltimore or the Chargers and just move on that week. I'm, I'm, yeah, I actually like the Packers as a survivor play, but only if I've already you. I'm using the Patriots, Ravens, or Chargers before I use the Packers. If I've used those three already and I'm still alive. Then I'm gone. Green Bay would be my fourth choice. But if I have any of those three available, even though I just sang that you know lovely pean to uh, to the Packers, <laughs> I do think that I would take any of those three safer plays over Green Bay if they're available to me. Hopefully everybody is still left in Survivor, and uh, and hopefully you move on this week and you have a great week picking your games in Week Six. Enjoy the games. Give Michael Beller a follow on Twitter at M Beller. Check out all of his work at the Athletics. Plenty of podcasts, plenty of writing. Myself, at Chris Meany. Again, theathletic.com slash best on the board will give you 40% off a subscription at The Athletic. Get it done. Please rate and review. Good luck with your picks, and we'll catch you next week.